0: You know, Steve has been teaching on wisdom from Proverbs. There it is, right up there. And so I thought today that I would just kind of jump on that. I kind of, I asked him this week, I said, you know, what, do you, what would you like me to speak on on Sunday? And I had an idea and he said, why don't you just continue in Proverbs and do this? And I went, okay, I'll punt that idea to another time. But I have loved being in Proverbs. How about you? And it is rich with wisdom for life so rich with wisdom for life. So we're gonna look at Proverbs 24, verses three to four, and basically my message is kinda going to come out of that, and we're just gonna talk through a few things, is that good? Proverbs 24, verses three and four says, "'By wisdom a house is built, "'and by understanding it is established. "'Through knowledge its rooms are filled "'with rare and beautiful treasures.'" By wisdom, a house, a home, a church, a business, any organization for that matter is built, and we want to make sure that I want rare and beautiful treasures in what I build, don't you? And so let's just kind of look at what those could be. I was thinking though, you know, the house that Steve and I live in right now, we've lived in for almost 20 years. we have been married 39 years next month, and for 20 of those years, we have lived in this house. Prior to that, the longest we'd ever lived in a house was four and a half years. So this is record-breaking stuff, right? And I remember at the time, we kind of stumbled on this house. We weren't really looking for a house. We kind of had gone out to get an idea of what we'd like, we'd bought a home, but we just had some dreams and ideas of what you would like. So anyway, we stumbled across this house, And we walked inside and we bought, we bought our home, it was built in 1955. I wasn't even born in 1955. (laughs) Like, it is, and we bought it from the original owners. Beautiful couple in their 80s who had just gone to assisted living, who had built the home and raised their family, four children that they raised. In fact, I think you went to, Peggy went to school with a couple of the kids, and um, Anyway, so we went in this, inside this house and I think they'd put a little addition on but basically the home hadn't changed in forty almost 50 years. Kitchen hadn't changed, bathrooms hadn't changed. So you know, a lot of you would know what we were walking into. But I remember we walked into the house and we saw the lot and at the time our boys were nine and 12 and they were very athletic and sporty and I looked at the lot and thought, oh my gosh, this would be amazing for them. But again, I'm thinking, wow, this comes with a lot of work. We walked out of the house, and we got in the car, and I felt the Holy Spirit say to me, this is your house. This, this is your house. And I'm like, oh. So I said to Steve, you know what, Steve, I think I think we're supposed to put an offering on this house. Like, What do you mean we're supposed to put an offering on this house? I mean, what are you, what are you talking about? We, so much has to happen. But as God does... You know, our overarching theme this year has been by my spirit, by God's spirit. And in that moment, it was a by your spirit moment where the Holy Spirit spoke and went, boom, this is your home. And so a lot had to happen. We had to sell a house here. We had a house in Australia that was being rented. It had to sell. But again, when you're operating by his spirit, whoa, It's amazing how in a couple months, we closed on that home. Now, I've got to tell you, because it was owned by people in their 80s, there was a lot of overgrown and, you know, a lot of stuff. In fact, we bought a number of people to have a look at it and they were shaking their heads going, why? (laughs) Like why did you, why? Because we are not house renovators at all and this was gonna take a long time and money in. I just remember, when I was in that home, I just remember thinking, boy, this would be amazing. It could be a lifelong project, so are we up for that? So we've been in the home 20 years, and probably for 15 of those years, not every year, but our renovation project has taken, that's a long time. At one point in time, in 2008, we were building this auditorium and doing a remodel at our home. Do you know when you go from one construction site to another, (laughs) doesn't family life feel like that sometimes? We're just going from one drama to another. Like, what in the world? We had builders come out, give us quotes that were like, whoa. And others that came out and went, you know, have you thought about this? By wisdom, a house is built. It's amazing when people weigh in with their thoughts and wisdom. Maybe they had renovated or done some, you know, started from with bare bones, not from scratch, not building a new home, but they just gave us ideas of what could be. And slowly but surely, it all came to be. And that home served our family so well growing up and still serves our family to this day. I'm really, really grateful. But the truth is the rare and beautiful treasures weren't the renovations. I mean, that was good. That was great. Take some walls out, change some stuff, do new bathrooms. How many of you know when you do a new bathroom, it's like, oh my gosh, right? Are you kitchen girls? New appliances, remember I had an almost 50-year-old oven. Funny thing is, those things keep working. (laughs) Just saying, I don't get it. Oh, let me sell you the new digital oven. Yeah, and then the computer dies, and then what? What What are you gonna do now? Anyway, just saying. But parenting or growing a family takes a long time. We want rare and beautiful treasures. We want a family that's amazing. We want kids that are perfect, but guess what? They don't come like that. And there's some moments where you are scratching your head and tearing your hair out going, what in the world? Where's the easy option? Option one. The thing is, the easy option isn't always and mostly often not the best option. You know, I remember a number of years ago, our kids were all going to the one school. It was a private school. And what was great about that is they all went off to school together, all got home together. This is great, perfect. And then one of them was having a really difficult time at school, in middle school, and I remember thinking, (laughs) I wasn't gonna mention your name, Josh, but you just got called out. Dang it. Wow, they know you oh so well. Oh, anyway, Josh Kelly, who's having a horrible time in middle school. <laughs> wow, I was trying to be subtle, wow. <laughs> and it was apparent that this wasn't working for him. I promise you, in my mind it's like, you know what, they all go off to school together, they all come home together. My life is sweet. Changing schools means, ah! Uh, I'm gonna be, it's, you know, like every parent does, right? When you've got kids in all different. And I remember, we were mem- I remember Steve and I wrestling with what's the right decision to make. And at the time, Jason and Heidi Vernal, who Steve is with today, were on our team, and I remember talking to Heidi about it. And she said, okay, you know, let me just talk to you about my brother, because he sounds a lot like Josh. And she just shared a story, and she said, and this is what my parents did, boom. It was like wisdom came into the room. And so we made a change. We said to Josh, okay, this will be a year at a time, but can I tell you, it was a dream run for him in high school. A dream run. Because wisdom came in. Because this is the thing about wisdom. Wisdom has constructing, constructive, life-giving qualities. Wisdom adds life to your situation where you thought, oh my gosh, how is this gonna work? I don't know. Wisdom walks in and just breathes life. And I just wanna encourage us, all of us are going into a family holiday season. And whether you have kids or not, whether you're married or not, you're gonna probably get with family. And you're probably already anticipating conversations or if they come and if they bring up this, I mean, last, the last couple of years with COVID, I've never seen anything divide families like this. It's not the heart of God at all. Amen. And so anyway, you're coming into a holiday season, it's so a little bit different from the last couple, but you may be anticipating scenarios that you didn't plan on. Some may be a person that's not there anymore, or you just, you've had a falling out, and what are we going to do about this? And my hope and prayer is that wisdom will weigh in. Weigh in to all of us this morning. Proverbs 4, 5 through 7 says this, get wisdom, get understanding. Do not forget my words or turn away from them. Do not forsake wisdom and she will protect you. Love her and watch over her. The beginning of wisdom is this, get wisdom. (laughs) It's like the more you get, the more you need to get, right? It never, never stops. You know, the other night Steve was on a phone call with a relative of his, she's a single mom, she has an adult son, and he has a girlfriend, and so he's not home anymore. And so she's mad, and frustrated, and angry. And so what's coming out of her is frustration and anger, and she's emailing him, and you know. And Steve was saying to her, hey, what do you want this to look like in five years? (laughs) Because right now you're not sewing great seed that's gonna sprout into a great relationship. And I know you're hurt and disappointed and feel like he has betrayed, because they're the words on the top of the email, betrayal. I mean, now I know we all laugh at that, but there are all moments in all of our lives where left around devices, give me that computer and I'm gonna email that person. Let me give them a piece of my mind. Whoa, 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 hold on a little bit. What do you want this to look like in five years time? 10 years time. All right, so what rare and beautiful treasures, and we're gonna just quickly get through these because I don't know about you, but in my home, my family, our church, our organization, your business, your career, I want rare and beautiful treasures to be a part of your world. So the first thing is a heart that is guarded. What do I mean by that? Okay, Proverbs 4.23 says, above all else, above everything. Now, we read that and go, okay, above all else, guard your heart. Great. But let me read the second part of it. For everything you do flows from it. Everything you do flows from your heart. If you don't guard it, you know, we've had such hostility in our culture, but not just in our culture. If you watch the church world for a little bit, you're like, oh my gosh. What's going on? It's what's in our heart. It's hearts that aren't guarded. Yesterday I was with some young adult women, and we we're talking about guarding our heart. And they beautifully, we're talking about Well, I was saying to them, what does that look like? Well, they were talking about boundaries, you know, there's certain, sometimes there's relationships where you go, okay, that's not a good, healthy, I've just gotta put some guards up. Another one said, well, we have to take our thoughts captive yes and amen because if we think something long enough and dwell on it guess what it goes to our heart if we don't address it from here boom it takes root in here and they talked about you know what you watch you know the news was on in our in our living room just the other day for a little bit and i could feel myself getting agitated You know what, if you listen to it long enough, you can feel like you are without hope. Turn that thing off. There is great hope, great hope in Jesus. Things that you keep entertaining in your mind that aren't helpful. Proverbs 23, seven says this, for as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Not what he says, not what he does, but as a person thinks in here. That's what he truly really is. It's a big challenge, church, let me tell you. What conversations you allow personally or in your home or in your career or work environment or in your friend group, those matter. Proverbs 18.8 says this, the words of a gossip are like choice morsels. They go down deep to the inmost parts. Far out. Far out. Some of you have teenagers in your world. Let me tell you, teenagers have dumbo ears, flapping ears. <laughs> you have to be really smart what you're talking about in front of them. If they hear a little bit of gossip, sh- sh- sh, mudda, 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 chatter, 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 boom. You don't want that to get into their heart. You know, we went on a... Trip to Israel recently, shout out to all our team that were in Israel. And you know what, I have a horrible confession to make because before I went, I was just bugged about a lot of things. Things were just bugging me. I'm not normally a person that gets bugged, but things were just bugging me. I had my grandkids in the car one day and I was driving along and I was like, man, this driver's stupid. (laughs) And then I get to my daughter's house and they're like, mom, Shaz, they call me Shaz. Shaz said stupid. (laughs) Because they're not allowed to say stupid. My initial response was, it could have been a worse word. (laughs) Like for real. But you know when stuff's going on in your heart, what comes out of you, boom, when you're squeezed, not nice stuff. Anyway, so we go to Israel, trip is amazing. We get to the Jordan River. For those of you who've been to Israel, just like any country, people monetize um, tourist sites. And so we get to the Jordan River and it's all elaborate and set up and they're selling you $15 gowns to get baptized. And again, I've got all this stuff in my heart, just being bugged. Like, what, what what are they selling things for? Like, whatever, you know. But can I tell you, in that moment, there were some pretty significant things that happened in the Jordan River. And you're all like, you're at the Jordan River. What the, what? Do you mean? Our son-in-law was there with his mom. He got to baptize her in the Jordan River. At dinner that night, she said, when I was a single mom, raising Jared and his sister, I'd accepted Christ, but they were far from God. And I was thinking, Lord, just get me through each day. She thought. She said, I never thought I would be in the Jordan River being baptized by myself. There was another young man there who, his dad had passed away five years prior. And um, he has a memory of a picture of his dad being baptized in the Jordan River that he, as a little boy he would grow up and see this picture. And he hoped and dreamed that one day he would get there and replicate what his dad had done. Oh, there were tears around the table that entire night. Other incredible stories. And so I just got a slap in the face that day. Because God said, what are you bugged about? You're looking at out here, looking at all the things that people are doing, it's getting to you, it's bothering you. He goes, but I'm at work. I've been at work from the day, right? I've been at work and I am working every day with man made stuff, with people that don't respond to me, with heart, people whose hearts are fun from me. I'm at work. And if you stay here, you'll miss what I'm doing. Oh, thank God for the Holy Spirit of God. He doesn't let you off the hook, but He comes and challenges you to be better. Recently, I bumped into some people that used to come to our church. I'm being a little vulnerable here today. And I don't think they left happily. (laughs) Sometimes that happens in church life. But you know what, as soon as I saw them, I went right, I was at an event, I went right up to them. And I could tell they were a little like, I just gave them a hug. And I just said to them, life's too short. It's too short to carry this stuff in our heart and it's too heavy and it's too detrimental. I said, God bless you, I hope this chapter is amazing for you and honestly I walked away and thought, oh I really meant that, gosh that's good. But you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Is that a bad confessions of a pastor, is that bad? (laughs) But I'm saying that because we all walk through those moments where we've had just a horrible interaction with someone and we carry that stuff and then we see them and we're just, you know, people say, you want to forgive someone, pray for them. Right, I'll pray. <laughs> Am I the only one that feels like that? <laughs> okay, let's move on. Proverbs <laughs> Proverbs 19:11 says, good sense makes one slow to anger, and it is his glory to overlook an offense. Proverbs 18:19 says this, and this is, this is one particularly, you know, as I speak to family, an offended friend is harder to win back than a fortified city. Arguments separate friends, and I'm gonna put family in there as well, like a gate locked with bars. Okay, we have a culture that's offended at everyone, but can I tell you we have a church culture that's going down that road too. Lord Jesus, help us to guard our hearts. Keep the main thing the main thing. You are the Christ, the son of the living God. That's the main thing. I am on mission to tell the world that. Second thing is, the fear of the lord what's a rare and beautiful treasure the fear of the lord proverbs 14:26 says this he who fears the lord is secure in confidence and his children shall have a place of refuge proverbs 9:10 says the fear of the lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy one is understanding fear of the lord knowing who he is reminding ourselves of who he is. You deserve the glory, Lord. I don't deserve the glory. You deserve the glory. You deserve all honor. My life is in your hands. The day I became a Christian, I yield every single part of it to following you. When you said, follow me, I said, yep, I'm in. I'm up for this. When you said, that'll mean going to the United States, I hesitated a little bit and then went, yep, I'm all in. That's what it means to follow Christ. A complete abandonment, not in a bad way, but to understand that every day, because we're working out our salvation on a daily basis, right, every day, I yield it. Not my will, Lord, yours in my life. That's what a fully yielded life looks like. And let me tell you, that's really hard. Because I, I have ideas, and I have a will. And it's strong, and I have to wrestle it to the ground at times. Lord, not mine. I want what you want. It's a rare, and it's a beautiful treasure. And I want to hand off this rare and beautiful treasure. May our legacy be that we hand off those rare and beautiful treasures because we have done everything we could to live like it. You know, it's... In some ways we accept Christ, and that is amazing, decisions to accept Christ. But it can be easy to use the Christian tag, you know what I'm saying? And again, as I say this, I'm challenging me. As I wrote this message, I felt the weight of the challenge because I don't want to be Christian in name. I want to be Christian in the way I do my life everything about If we want to hand off a rare and beautiful treasure, then the people that come into our homes, people that we work with have to see that if we say we are a Christ follower, then we legitimately are. And it's not that we're angry and mad at them, but we understand that his way is the only way. Next thing is, what's a rare and beautiful treasure? Common sense. Proverbs 20, 15 says this, sensible words are better than gold or jewels, like yes. We live in a world that wants to make two plus two, eh, whatever we say, today it may be three, next week it may be 12. We're just gonna move the goalposts. Nothing makes sense. But I wanna encourage us, we don't become hateful of the culture but we stand firm in the conviction of Christ. So when it comes to gender, marriage, honor, respect, church, culture, we filter everything through the word of God. But listen to me. You'll say, I'll say that, filter it through the, but remember it's a love letter to humanity. (laughs) So we don't just filter it and then beat people over the head with it, we filter it and go, Lord, you love this, for God so loved the world. God so loved the world. When we first came to Virginia Beach, there was a couple in our church who were walking through a, just a, a, a separation. And I remember, um, you know, this husband came up to us and he came up to Steve and I. I'm laughing because I'm like, buddy, mate, it's not the way to do it. But anyway, he was waving waving his Bible and saying to us, tell my wife to come back to me. I'm like, wow. See, the funny thing is you can hold the Bible, but to live it, ah, it's another story. Because the truth is, okay, do you love her? Well, this is what, and I haven't, don't worry guys, I didn't put this scripture up there, but 1 Corinthians 13, this is what love is. Patient. Everybody wants to talk about, we should love people. Actually, you need patience to love people. (laughs) Right? Oh, we just love everyone. Okay, yeah, it's not a flippant throwaway line. Loving people is hard. Ask anyone that's been married for a while. Steve and I have been married 39 years. We've had to have a lot of patience for each other. Love is also kind. There's times when, when we've had to think I need to be kind right now. Right now, I wanna be anything but kind, but I'm gonna be kind, (laughs) right? It doesn't envy or boast, it's not proud, it doesn't, listen, love doesn't dishonor others. We just wanna tear each other to shreds. But that's not what Jesus said. Not easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs, oh my gosh. It's hard, right? <laughs> okay, next point, faithfulness. Yeah, we're gonna move off of that, because whew. Proverbs verse 20, in the, six, in the Amplified. Many a man proclaims his own loyalty and goodness, but who can find a faithful and trustworthy man? Faithful and trustworthy, every day. Showing up for their family. Showing up for their coworkers being the mom or dad, sister, brother, son, daughter, who can find a faithful and trustworthy man, woman, as well, whose yes is yes, whose no is no. It's a rare and it's a beautiful treasure. And lastly, what's a rare and beautiful treasure? Encouraging words, encouraging words. Putting courage in people, telling them they matter. Proverbs 12, 18 says this, careless words stab like a sword. You ever felt the stab? (sighs) But the words of wise people bring healing. Proverbs 25, 11 says this, a word fitly spoken is like apples of gold in a setting of silver. It's like going to a fine dining restaurant. You've been to a fine dining restaurant. They have the best silver, best china. You sit down. Everything's pristine. You're like Bring out the food. It's It's like nothing you've ever tasted. Words fitly spoken. I just like that. You know, Hebrews talks about there is a cloud of witnesses that are cheering us on. If we could peel back heaven, there's a cloud of witnesses going, go. Keep on going. I know today is hard. Just keep on going. One foot in front of the other. Today you may run, tomorrow you may walk, the next day it may be a limping day, but go. Finish what you're called to do. Don't give up. When that business gets hard, when that marriage gets really hard, when those kids are brutally hard to deal with, when you have aging parents and it's just so hard, any scenario of life, don't give up. Bring the words that matter. You know, a number of years ago, we started this when the kids were little. Actually, it was Steve's idea, and we'd sit around the table, and he'd go, you know what, tonight we're gonna say some kind things to each other, what we love about each other. And of course, Sam, being the youngest born, would say, oh, I'll go first. And we'd be like, okay, what do you wanna say to someone? He goes, no, I want you to say it about me. I'll go first, (laughs) as in, because the youngest born thinks the world revolves around them, right? (laughs) And so we would all... Share. And now we have adult children, they're all married and all have kids of their own. And what we've started to do, and again, I'm not telling you because you have to do it, I'm just telling you that this is just something we do in our family. And so when it's someone's birthday, we sit around the table, every year we do it, on their birthday, and we talk about what we love about them. And you know there's tears? And can I speak to the men and the dads a little bit? Because we have a culture that's sometimes not comfortable with tears, but can I tell you, Steve has been brought to tears, like almost to do the ugly cry, because these people matter to us, and I want to tell you that they need to know they matter. And so we sit around and we just tell them, you know, this is what we love about you, and this is we're grateful for you that you're in our family. But can I tell you, it doesn't just stick to your family. Last week, Caleb Cox got up here and emceed. I think he'd done it the week before and I wasn't here. He did a phenomenal job as a young man. When he got off the platform, I just went, Caleb, man, I heard you were good, but you were flipping amazing. Because words matter. Because sometimes we just forget, we think of it and we forget. And can I just charge us and encourage us to bring those words to people? Dads, tell your daughters how much they mean to you. I don't care if they're too, 12, 22, 52, and your sons. Tell them you're proud of them. Tell them you're cheering them on, you're praying for them. Moms, do the same for your old parents. Call them and tell them, mom and dad, thank you for the way you raised us. Thank you for giving me life, thank you. This is what I love about you. Because if we come in the holidays, we can think about all the things that aren't working. This, isn't what, this is what's not working in my school, my home, my church, whatever, my, my business. But I'm gonna ask us sort of focus on bodies, Encouraging words that create rare and beautiful treasures, amen? Amen?